After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash BeHereNow. Being artistic requires, you know, it, it has certain characteristics, <laughs> Wrap on. What, what are what are they? Trungpa Rinpoche would say non-aggression. Oh. Definition of, of uh, definition of uh, art in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Definition of art, non-aggression. That's mm-hmm. Trungpa Rinpoche's definition of art. It's also the definition of Dharma. Yes, it fundamentally. is. So. When a person is in an artistic state, mm-hmm. they are non-aggressive. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. You can't be aggressive and in an artistic state. Wow. Not going to happen. <laughs> Hello, and welcome, friends, to the Creativity, Spirituality, and Making a Buck podcast with David Nickturn on the Be Here Now Network. I'm Michael Kamhers, your host and monologist. It's a pleasure to be here with you, and we sincerely hope this podcast finds you as well as can be. Here at CSM, our guide David Nickturn discusses how to lead an integrated life involving spiritual practice, creative expression, and right livelihood with guests who embody and manifest these principles in their own lives. David himself is a senior Buddhist teacher, successful musician, author, and entrepreneur who currently heads Dharma Moon, a mindfulness-based education platform and global community. If you like what you hear here, we encourage you to head over to dharmamoon.com to find out about our upcoming programming where you can study with David and join us in community. We'd also like to thank all of our viewers who have headed over to Be Here Now Network's YouTube channel, where you can now see CSM and video, and encourage all of our listeners to check out all the amazing podcasts Be Here Now has up streaming and in video. All right, that's enough setup. Let's get to the main course. We are very excited to welcome you to episode number 27. 
Music is My Dharma, featuring guitar legend Robin Ford. Robin Ford is a virtuosic guitarist, music producer, and educator who has led an incredible career as a leader, sideman, and collaborator. As a sideman and collaborator, he's worked with iconic artists such as Miles Davis, Joni Mitchell, Michael McDonald, and the Yellow Jackets, to name but a few. As a performer and recording artist, he has released an incredible string of solo albums since the late 70s. But, as has been said, writing about music is like dancing about architecture. So we encourage you to check out some of Robin's music before or after this episode for a directive experience of what it's like. Also, if you're interested in studying with Robin, you can head over to RobinFordGuitarDojo.com, and I'm sure Robin and his record label would be delighted for you to check out his very recent solo album entitled Pure. As you will hear here, David and Robin's relationship goes back many years. They were both students of Chugim Trumpa Rinpoche and share a lot of musical and personal history together. So, the warmth and mutual respect in this enduring relationship really shine through in this conversation full of wisdom, humility, and music. And on behalf of everyone here at CSM and Be Here Now, enjoy. Okay, well, we're welcoming Robin Ford to the Creativity, Spirituality, and Making a Buck podcast. And this is a particular treasure, is the word that came first to mind, and joy for me because Robin and I have known each other. Probably for 45 years, Robin. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and you know, the last couple of years, everybody's been scattered throughout the winds of, uh, of COVID. And, you know, so it's, we're, we're reconnecting here and uh, just catching up. But at the same time, he's um, a perfect um, person to have this conversation with. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we'll, we'll talk about this in his bio a little bit. Robin, um, is one of the greatest guitar players in the world. I'll just put it really simply and uh, straightforwardly. And, uh, you know, he's right, right up there in the pantheon of contemporary guitarists. And he's played with Joni Mitchell. He's played with Miles Davis. He's played with Michael McDonald. And the thing I'm going to want to jump off with him is what he's doing uh, now. Intriguingly, I just listened to a new album, Robin, which was Pure. Is that, am I saying it right, Pure? Yeah. It's P-U-R, though, not P-U-R-E, right? P-U-R-E, it should be. Oh, okay, okay. I thought I saw in the, so it's, uh, the album is called P-U-R-E. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it misspelled somewhere, so that's my bad. That's possible. Yeah, and um, I, I kind of thought we could just jump off there because I'm, as you know, a giant fan of yours. And I've been, um, we've played together, we've done work together, we've uh, jammed together, but I've also come and seen you play many, many, many times over the years. And the last time I saw you play, I think it was with John Schofield uh, at the Blue yeah, Note. Yeah. yeah. And I said to you, I came backstage and I said, Robin, you used to play music and now you're playing life. Remember that? <laughs> it was like yeah. not even music anymore. It was just like experience kind of coming out of your guitar. So I, I listened to the entire album of Pure just straight through from the, from the beginning to the end. And I thought, this is yet another point of departure for you stylistically sound wise sonically and i loved it i loved 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 it so what was going on there what 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 were you where were you going for on that record what and people everybody got to go listen to this record right away pure but uh, what were you thinking of when you made that record well um it 
it, it was definitely a product of the times, you know, what I was doing as uh, you and I were speaking about a little earlier before we got on live here. Uh, the, um, the reason I came to Nashville, Tennessee was to get off the road and start producing records as a, making a living producing records, you know, mm. making and, a buck as we yeah, say. Yeah. Making a buck. And, uh, the, the whole thing was just, I was, I was very embraced when I got here. Uh, mm. I, man, I, it, it's just easy to meet anybody. And I met, I've met so many people since I came here, musicians of the highest caliber, just beautiful people. And it was, uh, it was going along very nicely. And then I, and I started producing mm. and then, uh, COVID hit and all of that just stopped. Wow. So I'm like, wow, what am I going to do now? You know? And uh, I thought, well, I'll produce myself. (laughs) It's a safe bet that (laughs) at least, at least you know the artists that way, you know? (laughs) Well, somewhat. We we have a lot in common. Right. That's right. Um, It's kind of an interesting thing, too, in that, you know, producing myself, like, what I, my first thought was produce somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Not make a new record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. Okay. I was looking for something to produce, you know, uh-huh. and like, I'll produce myself. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been doing it for years, but the perspective, you know, like mm-hmm. over time, you know, I've grown, you know. Well, and Robin, you often have a producer for your records sometimes, you know, right? You've always sure. produced all of your own records? The last producer I had was Danny Korchmar. Wow. And you were you came to the studio in New York. Wow, right. Yeah, that, I've been producing my own music ever since. Yeah, okay. So what was the difference this time then? Well, um, the, uh, the knowledge that I gained, mm-hmm. you know, all of my experiences, like, uh, and since I came to Nashville in particular, like my last record... Per- previous record was called purple house mm-hmm. letter p keeps showing up a lot these days uh-huh. <laughs> and p-u-r let's get let's get all three of the first letters are the same pure and purple <laughs> that's right you see what P-U-R. i'm saying so okay. uh you know uh that i learned a lot during that experience in particular mm-hmm. because you know it's my record and I made my choices not based on financial constraints, like on that record and on my new one. You know, it's just like, I, I mean, I had to work within a certain budget in both cases, but there were decent budgets. From a record label or did you, did yeah. you self-finance? Yeah, my record uh, company is Ear Music. Ear Music, okay. Yeah, it's a, a German company associated with Adel Publishing over there. Okay. So, you know, I, I chose to record it in my... My co-producer's place, Purple House, which is a small purple house that has become a studio. Uh Casey Wozner is his name. Very talented young man. And we've known each other for a long time, too. And um, we started working. And uh, I've made every record I've made since 1920 on one amplifier. (laughs) Uh, the Dumble Overdrive special. Wait a minute, since 1920? Well, you know, of course I'm kidding. <laughs> but as far back as I can remember. So I was trying to remember the what year that was. Yeah. 
you know, to right. me anyway. It's like, you're, you know, musicians come in and they, they have what, the, you know, what they have to offer. They, they have their groove, groove their sound, their feel, mm -hmm. and it affects your music. Mm -hmm. And that may or may not work. Mm -hmm. So I tried twice with full band and I went, nope, I, I, I want exactly, this is my record, and I want exactly <laughs> what I want. I'm going to get it right. one way or another. <laughs> so we went into the studio, Casey and I, and, you know, we would create some kind of a rhythm track, a drum track, whatever, you know, using plugins and whatnot. And then I would play a bass, you know, maybe a synth bass. Oh. Put down a guitar. And I'd put down another guitar and then I would play a solo, you know, or, you know, usually the solos in, in truth, it, I think it happened, but generally uh, what we would do is take it when we got it to where we liked it, you know, it feels good, sounds good. The bounce, you know, like I like the instrumentation. Then we would send it to a drummer and he would um, ah. overdub drums. Okay. He's playing to my groove. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And was there a click? Could you, did you record to a click? We had to of yeah. a sort, you know, but the yeah. click would not be TikTok necessarily. It would be drums, you know? I see. I see. You know, Casey would create a loop. That's what oh, I thought. Okay. The gotcha. We create a drum loop. Yeah. So uh, what's interesting about this is a couple of different things. Um, one is that you had a really clear... There's something in in my book, Robin. We talk about, and I should just I should just uh, you know inform everybody out there that you and I studied with the same Buddhist teacher for many years, and that's we had these two kind of really wonderful uh, things in common. And one was the music, but the other was that we both studied Buddhism with uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, mm -hmm. um, and that's been a big part of um, your life. It's not a it wasn't a casual like uh, add on it's it's something that goes to the core and to the root <laughs> and we've lived through a lot of powerful experiences together on that frontier um so in 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 the book i used i borrowed the notion of joining heaven and earth robin to talk about creativity that you have a vision you know and it's kind of very clear and then bringing it down to earth is where it turns into a different kind of a project and and different principles like like all the practical practical things you're talking about come into play. Yeah. So it sounds like you had a very clear vision of what you wanted this music to be. Where did, where the heck did that come from? Well, honestly, David, I didn't, I didn't have a clear vision. Huh? No, it, it's not like you heard it in your head ahead of time. No. Uh-huh. It, it evolved, you know? Okay. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, initially, um, you know, as I said, I was, um, I was producing here in town and it yeah. was all about guitar, you know? Yeah. And uh, playing. And I mm -hmm. was writing for other people. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, all that's gone. I'll produce myself. Mm -hmm. My instrumental chop was up, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was enjoying it. I was, I was enjoying writing instrumental music and I was enjoying mm -hmm. playing the guitar. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, you, you're not singing on pure. There's no vocals. Yeah. Yeah, it's pure. It's instrumental. Yeah, no lyric writing, which, as you know, it's a big relief, arduous process. Yeah, words are stupid. We all know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> stupid and useless. Well, 
something to be don't said. Don't tell the, don't tell Bob Dylan I said that, okay? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I don't have his number anyway. <laughs> okay, good. But um so I called the record company. They said, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, first of all, yeah, we're ready for you to make another record. We've got the budget for you. Yeah. And it was like, "Okay, you want to make an instrumental record." So, that was how it started. It's like, all right, now I'm going to make my own next record and it's mm. going to be an instrumental record. Mm. And so I can tell you, you know, n- knowing what's out there, mm. I mean, there are t- just a ton <clears throat> or plenty, let's say, of incredibly good guitar players out there. People, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you know, yes, can play rings around me. As a, yeah, arguable, but but I I know what you mean. There are there are some very very capable guitar players, mm-hmm. you know, and Capital and some great ones too. Some great artists too. But that's that's getting to be a much smaller count, wouldn't you say? At that point, <laughs> you know, I, I I try to stay out of that. <laughs> yeah, good. I'll, I'll stay out with you. I'll, I'll stay out with you on that one. But so. I mean, I admire what a lot of people can do. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't do it, and I don't even listen to it, but I admire the heck out of it. Yeah, and some of them are like 12 years old right now. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) They put something in the water that raised the level of technique beyond the the moon. Yeah. So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm going to make an instrumental record. Mm. So it's like, I need to do something new. You know, it's like, Mm. I, I felt almost like I had to... Certainly not learn to play the guitar all, all over again, but mm-hmm. upgrade. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I need to get better, like, really quick. That kind of <laughs> thinking, you know? It's, yeah, it's wow. just the way it is, man. You know, like, I was literally, you know, scared. I actually mm. came downstairs one day. I walked up to Kelly. I said, I'm scared about this record. Wow. Because you, you, were, you were stepping out into, yeah. you, you were pushing the envelope for, for yourself. Me. And that's another thing is just, you know, always polishing your craft. There's, this is, um, this is so important for a real artist to just keep going. I don't know anything. I haven't done anything mm-hmm. starting from scratch right now. Well, yeah. scratch boy. Yeah. That'd be terrible. <laughs> well, or, or some kind of fresh start of some, something, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I, I would say push yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Go where well, you have not already been before. Well, so what advice would you give to one of these young guitar players who's got, you know, magnificent technique already, mm. uh, maybe a good feel? What would you you, you do clinics, right? Don't you teach uh, a lot of young guitar players? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there are young guitar players in there. There's, you know, all yeah. ages, let's say. All ages. And, and if you had a core message, what would you say it is in those? Well... A pith, a pith instruction, as we say in Buddhism. Yeah. It's a little hard to, to come up with. I mean, there are a few things that I feel are always essential. Mm. If, you know, uh, tr- tell me, David, if you would uh, agree uh, in your own experience, but it's like, uh, you know, the, there are these very, really basic things that actually made a shift in your mind about how to mm. make music. Just mm. moments. You know, for me, I I have a couple, you know, Mm. things that just really made a difference, you know? Yeah. So it's very, very individual, you know, it could be very individual, Mm. Mm -hmm. but 
you know, if somebody already has all those chops and they're 13, you know? Yeah, it's scary. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know what to say to that person. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, don't go, go over there. <laughs> they need to be older. You know? Yeah. They need just... some life experience now before sure. you can talk about music. Right. Because that's what we're really talking about is music and making music. You know? Well, and, you know, speaking of that, of course, a lot of people ask me, since I've sort of taken the point on this kind of notion of, of integrating creativity and and spiritual practice rather than seeing them as kind of totally separate you know like for years we were going to these retreats i didn't know what anybody did there was no real overlap of uh uh you know working together with people except in the rare cases of somebody like you and me who we we shared uh life experiences in addition to just pure practice but people do ask well how if at all has meditation practice or spiritual practice whatever you want to call it influenced or affected your your musicianship or or your you know the way you play or how you think about music Mm -hmm. you know man i've thought about this a lot of course clearly you have like for me music was always the driving force of my life you know Mm. it from the beginning i mean i just there's no time when it wasn't up front you know wow so for me, uh, meeting meditation and starting to practice meditation was um, finding a way to settle down at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely was, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Full of passion, aggression, and ignorance. You can say. <laughs> okay. A lot of passion. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, a little aggression, you know, like right. kind of eagle mm-hmm. oriented, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so uh, ambitious. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, that's funny, Robert. I, I never thought of you as, as ambitious compared to some of the people we've known in the, in the entertainment world. I always thought of you more as an artist, you know, just like you just do what you do. It's true. But, you know, like I I got a lot of props real early. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, when you and I met, you know, we were both already practicing. Right. You had just come back from the seminary. I remember the night that I met you. (gasps) It was at the Satsik's place. Wow. Out in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're sitting on the couch. Remember that dude? Uh, with the big beard. Oh. <laughs> in LA, glasses, big beard. I think he was a professor of some kind. Uh, not off the top of my head, but he was there? <laughs> yeah, he was there. He was hanging around, uh, you okay. know, Dharma Dachu. He, he split. Uh, he eventually disappeared. Okay. But anyway, I just have a very, this very strong image uh, of that night that we, we first met. But uh, in any case... Uh, so it was already starting, focus was starting to kind of change, you know, just mm-hmm. in terms of your own internal mm-hmm. uh, algorithms mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Okay, yeah. You know, just, just the way you react, uh, the way you see yourself, you know, mm-hmm. these things just started to change. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm hearing the truth for the first time in my life, you know. With, with the Dharma teachings. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Wow. 
And I'm also, mm-hmm. you know, around of other cra- a lot of other crazy people. <laughs> like myself i don't know there's just that yeah. soup you know the trunk rinpoche used to talk about you know it's just yeah. kind of big soup you know the carrot and the asparagus and the celery and i'm a carrot and then just get back in the soup <laughs> cook soup. some more right so you know there was all that kind of ego being hammered down mm-hmm. i don't know about you david i mean you were you know, a little uh you know, you'd already been to the seminary, you're a little older, you know, much mm-hmm. more experienced in all of that, had a much, you know, you had a relationship with Trunk Rinpoche that was a lot more personal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so by the time I met you, you, I think you were a, a little further along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, so the perspectives are slightly different in, in that way, you know, yeah. but I, I was struggling, you know, I was struggling mm-hmm. with my own, my own, uh, stuff mm-hmm. and also very shy hmm. so uh i saw myself as shy certainly back in those days hmm. but uh anyway the for me the way that you weren't shy when you had a guitar in your hand well that's the thing like so I know. We, we all had weird. that right yeah the guitar was the way out yes yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I could ask you some questions. I don't know if this is the, the place to do sure, that. Sure, sure. I was shy, definitely. Well, too, did, did you find the uh, guitar to be like, I think you just said it, kind of the way out or, or, well, or the yeah. way in? Or- my parents described it as like I used to play with my back to the room. I was so shy when I, when I, I started playing when I was eight, you know. Wow. And and then I think it's always been a way to meet people and to also uh, all of a sudden you can show who you really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't have to you, you just by the way you bend a note or play a note. All of a sudden you say, OK, I can be heard now. I can be seen for who I really am. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I, th- way- I think that's true for all musicians to some extent. So you would say that it was a way for you to interact with the world? No doubt about it. Not even a little doubt about it. Yeah. And but, a way to get it on with the world. And that had, but you were a shy person who was, who found this as a tool to get outside of your shyness. No doubt about it. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah. I certainly did, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of musicians would, if they dug into their vault, would come up with a similar yeah. Uh, algorithm. Yep. Absolutely. No question about it. Yeah. <laughs> so but now the meditation, though, was the meditation sort of uh, did, did you feel like uh, with, with your you know, practice and study that you were kind of shifting your perspective? Did it change your perspective on what was important, on how to go about applying your craft, about um, what was important in life? You know, do you I know sometimes it's just organic. And you don't think about it that way. But in retrospect, would you say so? Well, I, I've thought about this a lot too. Um, I, music is my dharma. Mm. Wow. And the relationship to Buddhism, you know, has, you know, only made that more clear. I mean that in kind mm-hmm. of a good way, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like. Mm-hmm. Through, through all of these years, uh, the way that uh, Dharma has helped me has, has basically been like f- to create emotional balance. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's, I would say that's, that's the way that Dharma has helped me. Right. And that the direction was already there. Mm. Yeah, music is my dharma is probably a good quote to pull out of this. That's quite a powerful thing to say. Yeah. And, and um, I think, you know, anybody who you knows you and sees you play would understand it, you know? Do you kind of saying? have a take on what I'm saying? Like, in, do, in other yeah. words, that it, like Buddhism sort of, you know, it, it was like a, a, a mitigating factor for the clashes. Yeah. <laughs> And for people who don't know what that means, passion, aggression, and ignorance are the three root ones. And then you, why don't you just throw in jealousy, pride, yeah. um, and greed okay. while you're at it? You know, the yeah. kind of the kind of solidified negative, um, um, you know, emotional, habitual patterns that we all are are kind of finding ourselves occluded by on yeah. any given Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the music when it happens is pure. You know, mm. it, it, it just. Yeah. As soon as you start, you don't even have to think about it. You're in that space. Well, you know, I think that's true for you and for some people more or less mm-hmm. because they might get in their own way too. You know, I think we see musicians who get in their own way with the clashes firing while they're trying to play their acts. Well, you know? that's where I was at when I met you. Uh-huh. Ego, you know, like for me, I mean, it was there. It was mm-hmm. definitely there. Yeah. I may not have expressed it right <laughs> so so much, but you know it was, it was definitely there. <clears throat> yeah, these days I think of ego as a double back. Like you're doing it, and you're also watching yourself do it. Then you have opinions about it. Okay, I'm good. I'm not good. You know all the all the thing. But the basic double take mm-hmm. on experience. You have you having the experience. It's a one off. It's just direct, and it's happening. And then there's something in us that pulls back, checks. Uh, you know, how, how am I doing? You know, and you know, Robin, the threefold purity, right? Do you remember that? It's like, who, who am I? Who are you? And what's happening are the three questions that do not arise in the threefold purity. Uh-huh. Who am I? Who are you? And what's happening do not arise in the threefold purity. <laughs> Marvelous. And, hey, you David, know, yes, ahead. sir, go ahead. I was going to ask you, uh, are you familiar with Zong Sar Kin Say Rinpoche? Oh, of course. And I'll tell you a funny story. I worked with him on a movie. Oh, which one? It was called uh, Vara. And I've, watched, it w- I've seen all his movies. Vara. I was the music supervisor on that film. And I went to... Come on. Yeah. I went to Taiwan and mixed it with him. That was yeah. a very interesting experience. So I do know him. Have you been studying with Song Sorry, Kensei Rinpoche? Uh, not, you know, I still haven't met him. Uh, uh-huh. but, you know, Kelly, you know, my uh, girlfriend. Has, uh, been stu- has studied with him? Many, many years. No. Yeah. Uh, many old, old Trungpa students, of course, have studied with, uh, with yeah. uh, Sangsar. Yeah. So yeah. I was basically introduced to him, you know, mm-hmm. at just at least like, you know, I, books, YouTube, you know. Sure. Like that. And uh, he's become a very uh, important teacher for me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've just been watching this thing. It's a teaching that he did in 2017 in Nepal uh, on Prajnaparamita. Yeah. So what you just talked about made me think immediately of that. Sure. Absence of self, absence of other. How did you, how you put it? Well, it's called the threefold purity. It's, it's yeah. uh, you could say there's no uh, fixation or no checking yeah. back on who am I, 
who are you and what's happening is one way of saying it. Right. Know who am I, know who right. are you, and right. know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that's what, what's coming out of these teachings for me is exactly that. Sure. That is, I mean, if I had to kind of drive somebody towards like the heart of, and and you know, the Prajnaparamita Sutra is the heart of all the Prajnaparamita practices. So that chant that we used to do. Yeah. You know, form is emptiness, emptiness form is so seminal in terms of, and not only that, Buddhists all around the world chant it in their own language, in their own way. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so I call it the amazing grace of the Buddhist world, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody knows that too. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, uh, oh, do. let's pull that one up. The, the Dalai Lama at the Beacon Theater had each day had different, like the Koreans did it one day, the Japanese did it another day. And, uh, you know, it's the same. <laughs> Same, uh, you know, essential meaning, but that is is a deep dive, obviously. So, yeah. are you study? Did you study the Prajna Paramita Sutra with Zangsar Kensi Rinpoche? Uh, not again. Not, I've never met him in person. No, I know. I mean, in person, but you studied his take on those teachings. I I will watch episode seven this evening. Beautiful. Wow. And you see how we just slipped into that, Robin. This is what this is yeah. about. I I feel that the the people coming along, I call them hyphenates the younger generation, they don't want to be tagged as I'm a guitar player or I'm a producer or I'm a, a meditation teacher. They really? want to have the multiple uh, handles. And I think that's how we were taught. Don't you think that's what we were taught? May I interject? Yes. That is impossible. To, as a, you know, to be a, a master of one thing requires doing one thing. In my opinion, nobody can do it all. <laughs> You know, maybe you know somebody who can. I don't know, David. Well, maybe no. Let's look at the, 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 uh, you know, the split there. So, yes, if somebody becomes a great black belt as a guitar player, there's hours, hundreds of hours invested. If somebody becomes like, um, you know, a, a, a master meditation teacher, there's, Hundreds of hours, but like, what about? Uh, let's take Zansar Kenzie Rimpoche. He became a filmmaker. Yeah, and you and you, you're 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 engaging more than one of these energetics, and I'm not sure that we weren't actually trained to to have a slightly different perspective on. As you said, it's all Dharma. That's a fair Dharma might be the backbone of the whole thing, but um, you know, in the old days, they wouldn't have let you play the guitar, Robin. You would have had to. You would have had to go to the monastery. <laughs> Might, not cut, cut that <laughs> Might not have been a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a, an interesting combo to have. About my view is very similar, and I really feel we got this from Trung Rinpoche. Is that integration is a really high art that you bring the different aspects of your life into harmony together. I don't think he was pushing anybody towards becoming a, a specialist in in uh, in, in Buddhism. Here's what I think. I just, I just had a, at least a, a deeper understanding of my own point, or mm, better mm, understanding of mm. what I meant is that, um, you know, uh, I sort of lost it there by trying to preface it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, okay, so what it is to be artistic mm. is one thing. Mm. It is one thing. There are not many ways to be artistic. There is only one way to be artistic. I'm not talking about the expression of art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
That is in countless, endless, mm -hmm. countless ways. Mm -hmm. But being artistic requires, you know, it, it has certain characteristics. <laughs> Wrap on. What, what are what are they? Trunk Rinpoche would say non-aggression. Oh. Definition of, of uh definition of uh art in everyday life. Mm -hmm. Definition of art, non-aggression. That's mm. Trunk Rinpoche's definition of art. It's also the definition of Dharma. Yes, it fundamentally. is. So when a person is in an artistic state, mm -hmm. they are non-aggressive. Mm -hmm. They are. Mm -hmm. You can't be aggressive and in an artistic state. Wow. Not going to happen. <laughs> and then, you know, there are other things, you know, like your taste buds are functioning. You know, you're hearing. You're seeing. <laughs> you're yeah. smelling. You know, you're you're uh, fully engaged, which yeah. also would be kind of the definition of uh, meditation or, you know, samadhi even, I think, mm -hmm. um, is uh, non-distracted. You're not mm -hmm. distracted. And you're not thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, that would, that takes, that would at that point take a whole bunch of extra energy. And time. Right? Yeah. But I so, feel that you've always had that when you're playing guitar. Always, from day one. I think it was a, a I think it was a bud and turned into, you know, a little bit more and showed mm. greenery and, you know, grew yeah. and grew and grew. And it's still growing. I still definitely feel that way. Listen it, carefully, everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I am more open than I've ever been. So, again, openness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're not open, you can't be. You're, you're not. You're not being artistic. So I, I say this because, like, like my little sub thoughts, you know, to that point were like, you know, cooking. Mm. So when I cook, I love to cook. You I'm do? Not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not okay. a great cook, but I love the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I will never be a master chef ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I understand. I love, I love Tai Chi. I yeah. wanted to talk to you a little bit about this, David, because um, I just met somebody here and things are going on. But, you know, like, I'm too old at this point, certainly, to be a Tai Chi master. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. But um, I think the same qualities need to be about it. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, all of that other stuff, non-aggression, yeah. tasting, senses are awake. Yeah. Present, you know, like all of those things, those are the criteria for creativity to even happen. And therefore, yeah. now you're being an artist. You know? mm -hmm. And you're also now really actually meditating instead of pretending to meditate. Yeah. Or trying. Yeah. I mean, that is hard, you know, because many people are just getting started. And, and, and as you said earlier, you know, are kind of lost in a, in a merry-go-round of passion, aggression, ignorance, and you know, deeply distracted thought process. So there is some basic training, right? Basic to, to, training. Well, towards that, you know, that natural state that you're describing oh. 
is, you know, if you just go for that directly, which a lot of, I think a lot of people are like, an, oh, Zog Chen, I'll take that. That's the pure uh, fruitional, you know, uh, approach. But, you know, that's not how we were taught. We were taught like, you got to learn how to crawl before you walk. Yeah. I mean, certainly the case with uh, meditation. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, with guitar, you know, I'm a school of hard knocks guy. <laughs> You know, I just threw myself at it, threw myself at it, beat the shit out of it. And you're like, uh, and just, yeah. Well, so Robin, that, that reminds me of something I wanted to ask you about because the, you know, I thought of you seriously, maybe right before the pandemic, I was hanging out with Julian Lodge uh-huh. and we met through a mutual friend. And then we just hit it off. And he's very interested in meditation. So we talked about meditation quite a bit. And then um, we did a workshop together. Um, and I did a podcast with him also. And then he played on my <clears throat> new record that's that's coming out in, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I was try- he moved to Nashville for a short period of time, as it turns out. And I tried to find you. And I couldn't find you because uh-huh. I thought you were in Nashville. I thought, this is two people who have to meet. Uh-huh. And I still I'm feeling it stronger than ever right now. And I'm going to like see if I can orchestrate this because his, uh, you know, um, should be easy. Yeah, there's some commonalities there. There will be a kind of music and spiritual love fest or, I, or I'm missing my guess completely. <clears throat> so I, I want to see if that it's could happen. And, player. Well, just to hear the two you play together would be like, you know, oh. incredible, really incredible. I don't know. He, yeah, no, no, it would be because he's um, very fluid. Um, he also studies Alexander technique and he's very fluid physically. And, you know, just there's not a lot of, um, you know, rigidity there, you know, or like it's got to be this way or that way. Yeah, he's the real thing. Yeah, he is the real thing. And and so are you. And I just uh, that's you know, I'm a really good matchmaker, as you sort of know. <laughs> yeah, you made a pretty good match. <laughs> We'll leave that one on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I, uh, I don't regret it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's, um, this would be harmless though, in the sense that um, it'd just be two guitars and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're going to, we're going to leave it at that. So um, how, how tell you something, David, yeah. go ahead. This is, uh, I, I just feel like I, the, the need to express this for some reason, but um, you know, like, cause, like Julian uh, Lodge, yeah, is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> He's an amazing guitar player. You know, when I think of of him and me, I, I look forward to it. By the way, right? But when right. I think of him and me, this is just me talking. My internal, you know, yeah. Stuff. When I think of him and me getting together, it's like, yeah. He, he doesn't need to play with me for any reason, you know what I mean? Or and or more importantly, like common ground. Like where's the common ground? Like I, I'm I'm a little bit of an outsider because I'm a blues guitar player. I really am. Ish. Well, I mean, other things. Ish. Yeah. Come on. Long, yeah. But it's like I need a band. Mm-hmm. I need a rhythm section, man. You know, and I need. Mm-hmm. It's stimuli, you know, in, in that way, like very yeah. much for me, it's, this is, it's a very body thing, big time body thing to play, yeah. to play music. I'm just like, you know, yeah, th- that's what's going on inside. My body is just dancing, you know? Yep. I know. And, and 
So just focus that energy, you know, and hang on, let's play some guitar here, you know? So it's a really different perspective, you know? Uh, and uh, these guys like him, I mean, like he's just a masterful player. And there's yeah. so many people, you know, who they just have this ability to just sit down and play the guitar. I can't just sit down and play the guitar and entertain somebody. I can't do that. Yeah, I understand. And probably, I doubt if he would think of himself that way either, but let's just leave it at this. Okay. Trust me. All right. I trust you. There would be a, you know, a a just, uh, you know, I like to connect people on this earth and and that would be a good one for, (laughs) for many reasons, you know? So, um, and, and, um, I wanted to ask you also because there's another dimension to this, which is, I agree with your your premise that you know you have to choose a focus and kind of to to achieve a certain level of mastery in any particular area. But uh, for example, if somebody wants to become really really rich, you know they have to focus on that. I agree. Only one thing you can do. Yeah, but you've made a living as a musician your whole life. You've never had to like go. Okay, I got fuck it. I got to get a day job now, right? Not once. Yes. Um, I would say that the caveat to that is teaching, you know, is a little bit bit of a day job. job. Yeah. Yeah. And are you doing a lot of teaching now? I have, you know, the Robin Ford guitar dojo.com. Which is one uh, one of the great names of all time, by the way. Uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, there are courses on there. Yeah. Um, There's a ton of stuff. So, you know, like there, there are three courses that are on there right now, um, you know, completely, you know, full-fledged, you know, independent courses. I have a thing called uh, Riffs. Every week I present a new riff. <laughs> Every week. That's four riffs a week. Oh, my God. And that alone is worth the price of admission. <sighs> you know? I mean, I'm, you know, like blues, altered scales, everything. It's yeah. like, okay, here's something you can play. Wow. I remember what it was like not knowing what to play. Give me some. And are like play. thousands of people going to this and uh, taking part in this? I know, by, by no means at this point, you know. Oh, well, this I, is. I hope they do come. This is a marketing issue <laughs> because they would go if they, if they knew they would go. Uh, maybe you and I should speak about that. Oh, I'm, that. you know, this is one of my, again, this is like all stuff that I go, well, why shouldn't, you know, why shouldn't that be part of a conversation? I would love it. Yeah. Just letting people know what there is, is what marketing really is. It's not, it's not conning anybody, actually. I'm, I'm looking at an enlightened business, if there could be such a thing. And, yeah. you know, I think part of it is letting people know what the offering is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guitar dojo is, that also makes me think the guitar, there's another thing we share, which is the love of Japan. Oh, big right? time. And I don't know if I've caught up with you fully on this, but I've been teaching in Japan for the last eight years extensively. And I've been there 25 times in the last seven years. And I'm teaching there this weekend virtually. So it's 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. for me, and it's the next day for them. And there's a community called True Nature in Japan, which which I'm a partner in with my friend uh, Suke. And it's a a meditation studio in, in Sendagaya. Wow. And online. And we've got a group of people I think you would immediately go, I know these people. This is very familiar feeling. 
They've been studying Trungpa Rinpoche's books. We're doing cutting through spiritual materialism this weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, tr- we have translators, so we're you know we're translating some of those basic principles into Japanese. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me, you know, Rinpoche said, "Make sure my stuff's available in Japan." Uh-huh. He told you, you know? that. He told he told Sam Burkholz that. And Sam Burkholz told Larry Mermelstein, and Larry Mermelstein told me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so there's, um, I know you have um, an affinity. Would that be the right word? How would you describe your relationship to that culture? Yeah. Uh, from the very first time I went, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've studied a certain amount of, you know, uh, Prior to, I, I, I used to read a lot of Zen books. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had, before, before I'd gone to Japan, I'd met Trungpa Rinpoche and I'd started meditating. So I didn't go to Japan for the first time until I think I was like 30, 31, mm-hmm. something like that. And I always liked the, you know, the, you know what I felt out of Japanese culture. You know, mm-hmm. I like the way that the thinking, I like the, mm-hmm. the way that the mind worked, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so first time I went over there, I mean, wow. I mean, you know, I went over there with Michael McDonald, oh. Boz Skaggs, and Joe Walsh. Wow. <laughs> My first trip to Japan. All in one band? No, they, uh. all three bands. And you were the guitar player in all three bands? No, I, I was the guitar player for uh, Mike McDonald. It was ah, three okay. bands. Gotcha. I see. Okay. So we were all on the same Pan Am flight. (laughs) Everybody in first class. Wow. You know, we show up. Oh, no, I'm wrong. That was the second trip. Okay. It was with this uh, jazz all-star band Uh, in 1980 or 81. It was the Mm. Oryx Jazz Festival. Okay. uh, Stanley Clark, um, George Duke. Michael Brecker, Randy Brecker, Joe Henderson, Freddie wow. Hubbard, Joe Farrell. Oh my God. And Peter Erskine on drums. Oh wow. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's like a super band. Yeah, that was it was the super group. You know, that yeah. was the whole idea. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't feel like I, I belonged there. But in any case, you know, so you know, th- this is just because it was the first time I was there. You know, we were met at the Airport, you know, with you know limousines, and we yeah. were driven to the hotel, and there were all these people, you know, geisha type girls or whatever, right. you know, over there. Just the way there was so much ceremony. Yeah, and um, and everybody knew every record you've ever played on, right? I was everywhere, all of that. Yeah, and um, so you know, I mean, that was just sort of glorious, but. Uh, I kept going back over the years and I, I met people and I actually became friends with people. And that's when everything really changed. Yeah. That and I don't know about you, David, you know, I don't know if it's possible for a Westerner to get, you know, really get in there with the Japanese unless they meet a Japanese who's really in there with the Americans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a bridge to cross. There's no doubt about it. But as I said, we have an actual real sangha there. It's a real community. We know people, their kids, and sharing the Dharma. And there's still a, you know, you you want to be sure that the in, inner part is, uh, you know, um, it maybe has a slightly different alignment. I understand what you're saying there. 
but this is the these people are my family at this point this is this is really um really special maybe maybe we can have you jump in there sometime and just uh, say hello to everybody and meditate with us you know in japan online oh online it's all virtual right Uh, so and people are coming you know in dharma moon which is the new platform that we're building has people from all over the world and and we could be running a, a teacher training program there's people from australia and japan and I'm sure that's true with Guitar Dojo, isn't it? Is it not? Oh, uh, we, we're not interactive. Oh, nothing? It's all downloads? Oh, everything is on the website, subscription-based. Oh, You just okay. go to the website and here's this, that, and the other thing. So you're not doing anything live online? I do a, a live Zoom once a month Yeah. with the subscribers. Okay. And I do a live concert once right. a month. So people can go, there they are. Yeah. And it's happening right now. And that's a great band. And But they don't uh, get to talk to you ever? Uh, the live Zoom. They do. They get to say, hey, Robin, what about this? What about that? Zoom is the hang. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And do you like that? Is it fun? Oh, yeah. For sure. Nice. <laughs> I, I like all of it. I really do. I mean, I'm yeah. very proud of it. I, I like you know, it's you. You have something to give, and you find a way to give it. Uh, now, that's a second great quote. You have something to give, and you find a way to give it. Yeah, it's good, Robin. And you know, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen out there, and all beings, um, I'm just going to say this from as clear a place as I can get to. You must tune into Robin Ford as an artist. This is uh, one of the greatest living guitar players in the world right now. And I am not, people know I'm not given to hyperbole, Robin. It's not my thing. Uh, but I like stating clearly certain things like that. And also, I think the thing that's unique about it, if I could just put my two cents in, is that you're, you're alive. Uh, your, your liveliness is what's really coming through the guitar. And it really, it completely bypasses any technical uh, considerations you're not hampered by those but you're also not uh, like genetically enhanced in that way it's real feeling that's coming through in real heart um so i hope everybody has a chance to listen to pure because i think that's really a new uh, and very um, um very contemporary kind of vibe in a way and you know i know you have we we have a limited amount of time this time but you and i gotta we gotta stay plugged in there's no doubt yeah. about it. it's obvious yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure so if there's yeah, anything you want to share on the way out with people, what what would you what what what's what do you what would you like to offer or share with, the, with this group of people watching this this podcast? Well, I, I must say, you know, like as the as the years have, have gone by, you know, just from a person who has lived this thing for a very long time, <laughs> it continuously changes. <laughs> never the same thing which is great <laughs> and if i may pass along hmm, uh, i don't know how uh, i should just pass along my own personal experience hmm. um one thing just a, a a little note you know as for musicians you know if you take care of the music the music will take care of you just mm. i believe that's just mm. a, a little thing wow. that i feel and uh, secondly, 
um, the the decisions that you make are so profound, you know, like choices, not decisions, choices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the choices that you make are, oh. are so, they have many, many uh, consequences, you know, that's kind of a scary word, but mm. they have many different outcomes, many, is there a better word, David? What's better than consequences? Uh, outcome is interesting. Outcome, yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily bias towards positive or negative. It's just what happens. Different eventualities. Yeah, di different uh, quantum field uh, appears. Yeah, you're in a different forest. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, you're saying go ahead and um, and let it change is what you're really saying. Well, that's a, that's pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, it actually kind of goes a step further right it's like you 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 might want to turn around you might want to go the other direction you know you might mm -hmm. want to do something else and there are so many reasons why we think we can't it's just unbelievable how you, you can just hang yourself up man <laughs> with your own rope yeah with That's your own the rope. rope you hang with is your yeah. own bring your own rope <laughs> But I think so, "Let It Change" is a good title for a song or an album. It's it it has meaning. Let things dissolve. Let things end. Mm, well, that's yeah. That's like the letting go piece, right? That's hard. Yes, I mean, like I spent time, man, years with my group, uh, the Blue Line, like all in. You know, we put a mm. ton into that group. Wow! I wrote all the music. I mean, I I did so much. I mean, like, you know, I did a lot. Uh, which is why I was the guy who finally closed the door. Mm. Uh, I was doing 80% of what happened, you know. But in any case, um, great band. I don't mean to demean those guys um, at all. Mm -hmm. But uh, in any case, um, it wasn't working. And it wasn't working for years mm. before we stopped. Mm. You just hang in there. Wow. You, know, you keep trying to reach some goal that you think that, you know, it has to happen, you know, it's like, wow. You know, you can just, when shit's not working, man, drop it. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on, Robin. When shit's not working, man, drop it. So um, we'll have some links, you know, on the, on the, on the page to tell people how to tune into your, your things. And, um, what a joy, Robin, to have you like in, in the, uh, on this podcast. It's a kind of a new form that I'm playing with, and a lot of people are obviously, but it just gives me an excuse yeah. to talk to people, you know, who are kind of like-minded and um, and make it available yeah. to other people. So, uh, thanks, thanks again so much, and um, you and I'll talk again soon. Okay. Yeah, sooner than later. There you have it, folks. Episode number 27 of the CSM podcast, Music Is My Dharma, featuring Robin Ford. We sincerely hope that you enjoyed listening and or watching this episode as much as we enjoyed making it, and that it's of some benefit to you in your life as you move through the world in this incarnation. So if you're watching on YouTube, you might be asking yourself right now, Mike... 
why are you hula hooping while you're doing the outro? That's a great question, you know? I would throw that right back to you and be like, how are we going to keep this outro section fresh when ultimately, really, I have to say the same things every time. I'd say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And also, you know, perhaps there needs to be some incentive to keep people watching and or listening during this section. So we're going to be dropping some Easter eggs uh, and with some discussion with David and our team, we're going to have a sort of songwriting thing happening here with a rejected version of the CSM theme song that's pretty awesome. So tune back in and stick around for the end of our upcoming um, David's View episode, which should be coming out next. Also, you can assure yourself that since I'm hula hooping, I'm getting winded pretty quickly after almost 20 months of sheltering in place. And, you know, this is only going to go on so long. So if you like what you hear here, uh, please head over to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash David. Um, please support Be Here Now Network, uh, continuing, continuing on the work of Ram Dass um, and his thought song. Um, we would like to thank Melissa Mattern, um, our executive producer, and everyone at Dharma Moon. We'd like to thank Corey and everyone at Be Here Now. And that's it for episode number 27. If you're still listening, thanks for watching until the end. And we encourage you to stick around after the episodes. May you be safe, healthy, happy, and at ease. All the best. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.